Porkfest 13. It's June 23rd, 20, 2022. It's uh, Thursday, and uh, we're having a, a, a lot of conversations. I didn't anticipate, you know, working as much, but there's so many good people to talk to. And uh, came across Stefan Kinsella, and his forte is really in intellectual property, which is, it really helped us a lot understand the issues around that. I remember when we were doing shows, got it over a decade ago on this, and it really uh, took hold, and people start to question that in and of itself. But, you know, I, I wanted to focus on, how many pork fests have you been to, Stitz? This is my third. 2015, last year, and this year. Last year? You know, it, were they going to have one last year and the year before? You know, pork fest did. What was your motivation for coming? Well, uh, I got asked to speak in 2015 and last year, so I, I just come when people invite me to speak, and I like the I like the people, I like the New Hampshire movement. You know, um, lots of my buddies are here, so I like the vibe. It's um, yeah, we get you know a lot of centering. You know, just you know what is and isn't important. And uh, to me, it just seems that there's a, a segmenting of society, you know, whatever that means, you know, of the population into leave me alonest and, you know, I won't leave you alonest, you know, kind of thing. And I'm, I'm, we definitely saw a schism even in the liberty community on the issue of vaccinations and the aggression principle of your viruses and my space kind of thing and so on. But... Uh, it seems like that's kind of waning, you know, the, as we get further into this, all of a sudden the pivot from COVID to Ukraine, and then we got the Ukraine issue to deal with, and then inflation's coming, and I'm, it seems to me like they keep trotting out. I'm waiting for the aliens. There's going to be aliens are coming, you know, get us all collectivized. But um, I'm looking what's going to happen over this next year, and I'm kind of wondering from your perch, what do you think is going to happen and how we should prepare? What message you got for the young mm, That's tough. I mean, I still think, oh, well, Bitcoin is on sale right now, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm you know, I, I call the Bitcoin guy, I get stuff. He goes, you only call when it's down. I'm like, what? What does everybody else do when it's going up? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so I, I think buy Bitcoin. Uh, I think inflation is about to happen big time and um, probably a big recession. So it's not going to be pleasant. Well, when you say a recession is going to happen, big or inflation, you know, that's going to look like what? You know, on the street, what do you think? I think, think high prices, unemployment, uh, shortages, you know, more of the same that we've been seeing recently. Yeah, I just had a conversation with David Friedman, and he got me to commit to a prediction. And he gave me till, you know, March of 23 before prices went up 10% from now. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I, I, I might be able to just make that prediction for next week. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure. What do you think he's talking about? Is there something I'm missing? Yeah, he may be going by certain mainstream uh, price indexes. But, uh, I mean, I think it's obvious that the prices have gone up in a, in a practical way tremendously already for everyone right yeah. uh lumber if you're building a house uh you know gas i mean gasoline itself energy uh bacon chicken so i mean what is not going up really yeah it kind of i was wondering if there was something i there, 
some secret memo that I didn't get. You know, there's something I, I see it as baked in the cake a long time ago. And we're just now seeing the manifestation of all of this. You know, they spend, they, they sling the word trillions around like it was 20s. Yeah, and if you remember, you know, years ago, a trillion was 800 billion under under the 2008 2009 thing was a big big number, but now that's like trivial. So I, I tend to think, look, I think like Vijay Boyapati has written something about how you can't have this numerical automatic calculation of what price inflation will will come that's reflected from underlying money supply inflation, but it will come, but it's delayed. It's delayed because people hoard the money. They hold it, and they don't introduce it to the economy. But right now, everyone is just loaded with cash because the government just gave people tons of money. So they're going to start spending it, and that's going to make prices go up. Why do you think they're going to start spending it as opposed to hoarding it now just for food? I mean, what do you mean? Yeah, because I think everything's becoming scarce, and now is the time they need to start spending money to, you know. So if energy prices go up, fill their gas tanks up, so they have to dip into their savings to to buy clothes and goods and other things. You know, there's one thing, uh, uh, friends of mine that you know have quite a bit of wealth, they were surprised at uh, how much precious metals has gone down, and they may have to liquidate some of their stuff to pay their bills and so mm -hmm. on. They probably have... You know, they got storage and ass, long-term assets kind of thing that aren't as liquid. Mm -hmm. But then you got to fire sale that, you know, if you need to have liquidity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of them, you know, you, you talk to Doug Casey, he's like, ah, this is when you get rich, man. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you got to be cash cash rich and sit over here and take advantage of opportunities. What, what kind of opportunities do you think there might be? Is land going to be cheap again or not I, I think that's probably right so you you buy certain assets you can buy bitcoin you can buy gold you can buy real estate and you know i guess the idea is that it, as bitcoin rises to prominence which it might take a few more years still but people use land and real estate right now and even the stock market as a store of value but when bitcoin becomes the more obvious way to do that i do think that there will be um deals to be had in in real estate because, you know, people uh, aren't going to use that as a store of value as much anymore, so the prices will fall. So are you a Bitcoin maximalist or crypto fan or I what? Think, I think that's the way to describe me, yeah. I, 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 my personal view is that we need money, but we only need one money, and ideally the world would have one money, just like ideally you'd have one language, right, um, way to communicate. And it used to be gold, but Bitcoin has some advantages over gold. And I do think it will be some some digital money will be the money of the future, and it will only be one. So the question is, which one will it be? Will it be one of the first fifteen thousand that have, have been introduced? Or will okay, be why one by 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 law? Because by... no, just by practice, just because uh, it's like the metric system or a numerical system or standards. Once once you have a way to measure value, you don't need another one. It doesn't add any value. So these people that talk about different currencies for different purposes, privacy or NFTs or whatever, it doesn't make sense to me. You only need one way to exchange all goods against a common medium of exchange. So that's only one. And the more you have, the more like barter you are. And the whole point of having money is to escape from the problems of barter, right? So barter is everyone exchanges A, a against B, but you can't really easily compare them and measure them and 
store them so a money a medium of exchange emerges right this um, this is what a medium of exchange is or money that's what money is but it, once you have one thing that accepted as money uh, it serves a purpose it helps it helps people avoid two problems number one helps them avoid the double coincidence of wants which is the problem of barter like if I have eggs and I want shoes but the guy that has shoes doesn't want eggs he wants butter you know we can't trade with each other so money steps in between and helps you solve the double coincidence of wants. Um, and it also helps enable what's called economic calculation, which is what Lou, Louis von Mises talked about. So it's a way to rationally plan uh, future projects. So you can say, I have these resources. I can devote them towards projects A, B, C, or D. I'm going to choose the one which I expect to make the most monetary profit. But you can only make that comparison in your mind if you have monetary prices you can deal with. So when, when money emerges, it allows people to economically calculate, and that allows us to more efficiently use resources. This is why we're wealthy. So these two things are solved by having a money, but having two monies or three monies or four monies or 10,000 monies doesn't solve it more. Once you have one money, you can translate between all these heterogeneous goods, and you can have a monetary price between them. And so once you have one, that solves the problem, and I don't see anything that's added by having more than one. So that's that's kind of my my maximalist. Uh, well, this is the you know through history in my lifetime you can see that you know the dollar was the one. Yes. You know everything was equated. You know what your Bitcoin is priced in dollars. You know it's because what I did when I finally I think it was about two fifty two seventy is when I kind of all right I'm willing to trade some silver you know for some Bitcoin, and when I did that I did a chunk, and I used to value it in how many ounces of silver it was worth because I gave up some silver for it. So I'm going, okay, am I making more silver? You know, so, of course, the first thing I did is when it shot up one time, I went ahead and got at least my silver back, you know, and then I had the extra, and I'm like, all right, you know, that's play money, man. You know, know, we'll see what's up. But um, uh, then there were some features that I was looking for, and I was encouraging different things, like privacy, I think, is going to be a popular thing. And so I start diversifying in some, and then some just for fun. But, mm-hmm. but um, the maximalist, it, it, it probably less reasoned argument than you did. It's just because they're all shit coins, you know. Right, whatever. right, 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 right. But um, you know, my thing is, I'm going. I don't care how many monies there are. I, you know, I because I, I don't care because now they're all priced in dollar anyway. So. Um, should it be priced in precious metals? Are they precious metal back? Then I got to know where they're storing it and, you know, whatever. And I'm not comfortable with that. So I, I like having touchy-feely. But uh, I'm a crypto fan. The problem is, is I've gone through from the beginning. You know, like, oh, nine, we were doing the interview. I mean, I remember when Bitcoin, I bought my first Cassatius was $3 and something, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But the um, as time has gone on, the promises started going away. Mm, that's true. You know, the anonymity, you know, the cheapness, the speed, yes. and all, especially when I needed it. Oh, it's a store of value now. And I Correct. go, well, it's not a currency. Well, we don't want to be a currency. So Bitcoin cash starts, you know, going Correct. up. Oh, we hate that shit coin. It's, you know, it's got the big Bitcoin in it. Correct. So it's, I've been through all of this stuff yes. and I'm going, you know, so why Bitcoin? Well, because it's the most secure because, because I have a bunch and I want it to be. Correct. You know? And um, there, there's a religious aspect to it in the sense of people just spit, spit these things out like you're saying. Like I said, I think you could come up with an argument why money 
would tend towards one money. So then the question is, which one would it be? So the question is, would it be digital at all? And I do think that digital will eventually be the money because it has so many advantages over gold. Gold is good as money, but it has certain drawbacks, right? The government can seize it. It's expensive to store and to secure and to transport and to verify and all these things. A digital money overcomes lots of those problems. Um, so if you believe that there, there needs to be a new money, a digital money, and only one makes sense in the end. But by the way, that doesn't mean that you outlaw the others. I mean it's good that there's pressure and competition, and it doesn't mean one is money forever. Let's say Bitcoin becomes money in 10 years and it's money for, I don't know, 28 years, and then something else comes along. It can change. Because money is not actually an, a valuable resource in itself. And you mentioned earlier, like, uh, you know, something backed by gold. The one thing people don't seem to understand, like the gold bugs, like Peter Schiff and these guys, they, they say, oh, Bitcoin is not backed by anything. Well, no money is ever backed by anything, even gold, because gold has a non monetary value. That's what makes it tradable in the first place. But then it acquires a much higher value when it's used as, as money because it now is used as money. So like 90% or more of its value is because of the network effect because it's gold, which or because it's money, sorry. So that means if people stop using it as gold, and then let's say you have half of your wealth in, in gold, and all of a sudden gold stops being used as money. We switch to silver, we switch to bitcoins or dollars or whatever. You're going to lose 90% of your savings. Okay, 10% is backed by the by the commodity value, but it's not really backed 100%. The only thing that's ever backed 100% is the U.S. dollar backed by the FDIC and FSLIC insurance guarantees. But even that's not a guarantee because all they're guaranteeing is that we will print money to right. give you what you what you're owed, and that will inflate and per and, account and how and, much and that will reduce the value that, of, your, yeah. of, your, of your. So it's it's literally impossible to have a backed money because anything that's money always has a value multiples greater than its underlying value, and it's got that high value because of the network effect of of something as useful as a medium of exchange and a money. So it's when people say it's a Ponzi scheme, they have a bit of a point in that the way that it gains value is because people anticipate that more people will start using it. But unlike a Ponzi scheme, so a Ponzi yeah, scheme... Yeah, you don't need people coming in to pay the Ponzi other people. A Ponzi scheme yeah. has to de- uh, deflate at some point because you can't... Once you take over the whole earth, then you have no more no more people you can soak and join into the scheme, so it has to collapse. Money can achieve monetary status and be used as money and be useful for centuries. Okay, so, let, me, let, me, let me give this, you know, my rhetoric over the last few years... Uh, because, you know, I paid attention of who's doing development and why and where it comes from and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I got questions there. But um, the main thing is, is it seemed to me, even talking to a lot of, you know, good friends, that they needed it for that exact reason, for it to gain value, to be legal tender, to be, mm. you know, lawful money. Mm. And I'm going, okay, I can see where that would happen. But to make that happen, they were willing to make all kinds of compromises so it can be Goldman Sachs.gov mm-hmm, coin. Mm-hmm. You know, and here we're going into mm-hmm. the, the central bank digital currency. Mm-hmm. There's a lobbying, and you probably know more about it than I do. Well, it's going to be freaking Bitcoin or derivative of, or it's because laid hands and yeah. Uncle Sam you know, kissed it or something. When One, my first question would be, do you think Bitcoin will be the central bank digital currency or they'll create their own? And then, which is one reason I can see why they were so mad 
at uh, Bitcoin Cash for using the word Bitcoin in it because, you know, that confuses it with whatever plans they had. And then I'm going, okay, if it is a central bank digital currency, there, I don't know how successful it'll be, but there will be an effort to make all other cryptos counterfeit. So, so first of all, the U.S. dollar and other fiat currencies are already digital, right? Like, so dollars are not pieces of paper with numbers printed on. Dollars are entries on the the federal all banks' right. ledgers. Uh, there are way more dollars in so-called existence than there are printed dollars. So we already have a digital fiat money system. It's just not. Uh, it's not easy for people to use on their little debit cards because we haven't done that yet. And that's what a CBDC is. The CBDC is just a way to track and make everyone stop using the paper. But they're going to have lim- not limits on its production. Correct. It would still be the so same thing. it won't thing. be Bitcoin. They're not it be won't Bitcoin. be Bitcoin at all. all right. So, so, But what I could see happening, possibly, is if we have what's called a soft landing and a good, a good evolution uh, of adoption of Bitcoin, is that over time... Bitcoin becomes too popular to ban because too many congressmen have cousins and senate, you know, yeah. nephews and kids that have it, and they have it themselves in their in their portfolios. If you know, if we if if if, if the SEC starts allowing ETFs and things like that, um, and so I, I I could see something happening where the Federal Reserve bows to pressure, just like the taxicab monopolies and the governments and the cities have allowed Uber to take control, even though it wasn't in their interest. By the time they realized the threat of Uber, it was too late to stop it. There was a built-in constituency. So I'm hoping that could happen with Bitcoin. So you could imagine a case where – so there's three functions of money, right? There's the medium of exchange purpose, there's a store of value, and there's the uh, unit of account. You could – I've heard some people propose this. I'm not sure about this, but it could be that Bitcoin is already store of value. It starts becoming used as medium of exchange. Uh for background transactions and settlements and all that, but we denominate everything in dollar terms. So, in other words, the dollar turns into um, uh, a, a, represent, a legal representation of a, a certain amount of bitcoins. So, the way that the U.S. dollar saves themselves from being consigned into oblivion and losing their their res- world reserve currency status is they latch onto bitcoins a horse. But that will tame them and keep them from printing more, and because it'll be one dollar. So how likely is that? I don't. I give it one out of one out of thirty-five. <laughs> Let's use thirty-five. Wow! Because man, you're an optimist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm being a little optimistic. The other The other op- option is a hard landing, which was Mad Max world, and we just have chaos for a while, and Bitcoin hopefully emerges at the other end. But you know, Bitcoin can't work without the internet, and the internet can't work without energy. Energy doesn't happen unless we have an organized society that's producing energy. So it could be interesting times coming. What do you think the food situation? Do you think there is there an attack? Is this on purpose? Is there? I mean, is Biden that dumb or that gullible to do what he's been told? I mean, it's not just Biden. Biden didn't, I don't even care about him. But you know, the government's reactions to all this stuff—it seems—are they really that stupid? Is it um, incompetence or malintent? I mean, what do you think's going on? I think they've been in power for too long and they just don't think they're touchable. So they think they can make these decrees. It can cause dislocations and problems, but the free market will keep plowing along and provide them with the goods that they need. Um, They don't understand the true source of production. And ultimately, it really all comes down to energy, I think. I mean, energy is the source of everything. We need plentiful energy, mm-hmm. and the government is, keeps doing everything they can to choke off energy. 
um, I think we should be expanding nuclear power um, radically. Yeah. Especially if you believe in this global warming, um, you know, um, whatever nonsense, you whatever. Know, they, okay, give, give them that. Say, okay, fine. Let's solve global warming. Let's have more nuclear power. Right. Yeah, let's get some um, thorium reactors and yeah. get on it. And I think Bitcoin actually will contribute to that. If Bitcoin keeps expanding, they're going to build power plants around the world and colonize the world with, with power, which will be used to fill in the gaps for what the government is destroying. So it's 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 a chicken. It's a, it's a, it's a game of chicken right now. Um, my personal view is that you know we should have gone stronger, more strongly pro nuclear thirty years ago. So we kicked it down the road for fifty years, but we will go nuclear eventually because at a certain point in time, people will they won't give a damn about. Yeah, the environmentalists are going. They're going to say we need food, <laughs> we need to live, we need air conditioning, we need cars, we need planes, we need trucks, and they're going to say fuck it, and they're going to go nuclear. You know, as time has gone on, it, it's gotten clear that the uh, anti-nuclear. Uh, money behind the opposition has come from the energy companies, you know, because they're, you know, it's competition. You know, they're just, you know, hell yeah, I'll fund a little here or there and doing whatever. I mean, hell, what was it? Uh, yeah, Planet of the Humans by Michael Moore, for goodness sake. It, 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 did you ever watch that? I think so, yeah. Now, I, I, was, I, was, I was surprised at how much information was in there. You know, like Al Gore's biomass. You think they're, like, burning garbage or something. They're cutting down trees and putting them in furnaces. And I'm going, what? You know, with a straight face, you know? So this has been, um, you know, it, it, to me, an interesting ride for people because they've had the Internet and the ability to share with others. It's a communication thing. It's a general public opinion thing. When you say, sooner or later, people are going to demand in what way? What's their demand? With right. a gun? Right. You know, pitchforks, torches? Right. They're going to whine and scream into the air, you know, like with Hillary lost kind of thing? I mean, how do you think that's going to manifest? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's unpredictable. I mean... Again, I've, I've been hoping for decades now that we can have a, some kind of soft landing and technology will save us. But, man, the government is doing everything they can to, to put roadblocks in the way. Uh, we have Bitcoin. We do have nuclear. We have all kinds of advanced, advanced technology. I mean, carbon-based, you know, just internal combustion engine cars have reached their peak of efficiency, right? They're, they're so great. They're safe. They're clean. They're great. And right now they want to ban them, right? It's like we finally perfect the automobile. And they want to ban it and put it, put batteries on the road, right? And they don't even count all the, the, the environmental cost of the batteries and the and the windmills and the, these seventy five foot long helicopter you know, blades. I, I do want you know my thing is you know freedom's the answer. What's the question? Kind of thing. I want the freedom to have electric. It's not that you know I, I for me electric is good because I'm in a unique situation. I have a lot of solar panels sitting there waiting. I go to Arizona and I got sun and that cyber truck just charged all the time and I'm good. Yeah. And I like the decentralized nature of it yeah. to where I am the one. Fuel. I don't have to deal with all this crap that's going on. You know, I, we have our love bus. We brought it last year. I don't know if you remember it, but we, we brought it last year from, and that time it cost about $2,500, $3,000 to travel here and back. It would be over $6,000 to do it this time. And I said, I think I'll fly. And then I looked at the prices of that, and that wasn't any better, you know. Yeah. So it's um, uh, there are these little things that happen. When I talk to some people, you know, that are higher economic strata, they, they're not thinking about the people that had 
they work all week, they can't afford to fill their tank and pay their rent. You know, all of a sudden it's, you know, $100, $200 to fill their, their gas tank. And they're like, whoa, to think. And then they go to the grocery market and I'm just, this has to have an impact. Yep. There is something and it's always food. I mean, it always gets a food thing. It's always a food thing. So I'm going, yep, it's going to be a food thing. And then we have the farmers warning, you know, one, they get the USDA letter saying they got to plow under their field to get 1.5 value for their crop, or they're not going to get, you know, blah, blah, blah later. Oh, and dump all your fuel on your trails and so on because cause we'll pay you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, so who makes these decisions? Who are these? To what end? Why? I mean, the whole market is so distorted. It's so hard to untangle everything. I mean, you know, just the fact that we have ethanol as an additive for gasoline change, changes the corn markets and the whole food markets and in and, and entire countries and industries. So the obvious way to restore us to sanity is to gradually roll back these things. Get rid of agricultural subsidies. Get rid of get rid of ADM's lobbying efforts. Well, I don't know. Your your word of gradual and mine, you know, might be two different things, but pretty damn quick, you know, you know, get get rid of something. I mean, even I guess you you gradual something. Even Elon Musk, Mister Electric Tesla, is going, hey 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 man, you can't just ban gasoline. Don't be morons, you know. But um, we're talking to Stephen Kinsella, and um, you're. The last we talked, you were heavily affiliated with the Mises Institute. You're, you know, kind of uh, making sure that I'm sure you have some interest in the Mises Caucus of the Libertarian Party, paying attention to that a little bit. You know, I'm just, you know, tell us where you guys are at. You know, what, what's your focus with you and the guys? I have been involved in that. I, I joined the Libertarian Party about three, three point nine years ago um, when Tom Woods and Dave Smith and some of these other guys did because our thinking was listen I know we've been skeptical of the idea of electoral politics as the way to make to 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 affect change but at least if there's a libertarian party calling themselves libertarian they should actually run libertarian candidates and have a libertarian message like at least can you do us the you know, the, the the, the favor of doing that. So we joined, and the Mises Caucus gained steam, partly because of the sort of leftover energy from the Ron Paul movement, gained lots of adherents. They joined the state parties. They took over lots of state parties, like 37, 35. And when we went to Reno at the National Convention last, last month, um, uh, the party was dominated by Mises Caucus members who wanted to make a change. And they did. They elected the, the new chair and the vice chair and the treasurer secretary and all the at-large delegates and the regional delegates and the judicial committee made some changes to the platform. So they're going to. So the Libertarian Party has now been reinvigorated, um, and it's a radical, uh, pro-property rights, uh, no nonsense, full-throated for freedom party. So I think that's. A, a good thing. We're still not going to win the presidential race, of course, because we have a two-party system in this country. But I don't see why, if you why you want to have a third party in the country that represents Republicans' light. No, no, no. I've been in this fight for I know I've been you know pain butt about this. But and I'm glad to see this happen. Dave Smith uh, is he committed to a presidential run? I don't know. I have a feeling he is. I, I think I've heard that he has said something like, I mean, I don't think he's in it for personal aggrandizement like a lot of no, these no, previous no. Uh, 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 um, types. I think he said if there's someone better that comes along, he would be happy. I mean, he, he's in it for liberty, not for himself. 
However, I do think he's probably the best obvious voice right now. He's very articulate, got a lot of connections, um, and I think he he's very likely to be the choice for the LP in 2024. And from what I've heard, his, the VP would probably be Maj Ture, the Black Guns Matter guy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a pretty powerful combination, and uh, we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll support whoever makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I I know Maj pretty well. He's spoken a couple of Freedom Summits. I've had him on the show, yeah. met him, and so on. That, that, that'd be, you know, I mean... Well, he doesn't have breasts, but you know, I mean, he's black in the Second Amendment, so you know, I mean, they'll, they'll and he's throw got it in he's there. got contacts in the rap community and other communities, and Dave's got contacts in other communities, so it's a good, it's a good way to get the message out. Well, fortunately for libertarians, hopefully, well, the you know the purest libertarians, you know, the hardcore, you know, guys like us, I'm, I'm thinking that that. You know, we got to get a minority female kind of. We tried that with Joe Jorgensen. I was a yeah. Hornberger fan, but, you know, I, I, I never thought that was important. No, I, I think, I, from what I understand, Joe jo Jorgensen is a pretty solid libertarian. She's just not the best messenger. I mean, we're not all the best messengers for the party. Um, and I don't think she, they, they used, they exploited the COVID regime opportunity as well as they could have. But, yeah. um, you know, I. I, I think that with uh, with someone like Dave and Maj, uh, they can get on Joe Rogan, and they can get on Tucker Carlson, and they can have lots of platforms, and at least people will know what libertarianism is, and it'll be a viable option. Is that is that a goal? It's always I mean that was the argument they made with Johnson and Weld. You know, well they'll get on MSNBC. I think the you goal. Know, big the, deal. I think the <laughs> goal is not. So my personal view is, and if I, if I understand, say uh, Michael Heiss and, and their goals. Their goal is not to just get votes, right? Because 2%, 4%, what's the difference? You're still not going to win. Um, the goal is to get exposure to our ideas, to articulate a, a competing vision so people will learn about it, and over time they will learn. And it might influence the other parties over time. Like maybe they will adopt a libertarian uh, position if they know that the voters are going that way so they don't want to lose. I mean, you could argue that that uh, the Libertarian Party last time was a spoiler for the Trump election because Trump barely lost, but probably most of the votes he got that vote went to the Libertarian Party probably would have been Trump votes. I mean, you could make that argument. So these minor parties can have an effect even in the American system, and how you use it is another matter. But I, I, I think that like the idea is like let's get some local candidates elected, and they can make some difference in actual people's lives on a local on a local um, basis and on the national basis we can spread the right message so I how's think that, that going to be determined they, they you said they made some changes to the platform what why uh, well a majority of the changes were made by the cumulative decisions of the platform committee over the last four years and they were all fairly uncontroversial but uh, they made say let's say three big changes um, that I can rattle off the top of my head uh, one was they got rid of the there was there was a line that said we oppose bigotry is irrational and repugnant, and that was there because of Ayn Rand's influence on the way she thought about government back in the seventies, and she she had written something like you know discrimination, collectivism, bigotry, racism is irrational collectivism, and but you have the right to do it, but the government doesn't have the right to do it. So they sort of adopted her line in the platform like. Bigotry is irrational, and the government doesn't have the right to do it. Okay, so that's in the platform. But the woke people lately have been taking that that line that stood by itself that says bigotry is irrational, and they used it, for example, to 
to uh, eject the Mises caucus people that won in the Massachusetts party. They used that as an excuse to eject them from the party and to keep the Mises caucus from dominating. So they said, oh, well, you guys are all bigots, which is not true, by the way. But they used that. They were appealing to that line. So they were like, screw you guys. We're not going to let you use this for woke purposes anymore. We're going to get it out of there because libertarianism doesn't say you shouldn't be bigoted. I mean, I believe you shouldn't be bigoted, but what does that it, even it mean, a right? a government reference. So we replaced it with a more innocuous line that says the government should should respect everyone's rights regardless of their identity. Okay, that's fine. Who can disagree with that, right? So they made that one change. They also got rid of the abortion plank, which had said that because libertarians on both sides have good faith disagreements or good faith uh, positions on abortion, some people are pro-choice, some are pro-life. We're not going to have a position on it, and the government shouldn't have a law about it. So effectively, it was a way of trying to be ecumenical, but it ended up being a pro-choice plank. And so the decision was made to take that plank out. So the Libertarian National Party's platform no longer condemns uh, abortion laws. It just says – it just took it out. And the idea was that there might be some pro-life libertarians who want to join the party, but they they feel like they're not welcome. So – um, I, I didn't completely myself completely agree with that tactic, but I understand the tactic. And I don't, I don't think it was because they're all – they want abortion to be outlawed. It's just because um, they want to have a, a bigger tent, which ironically was what Justin Amash, who spoke at the convention, was using to try to troll the audience. Justin Amash was trying to he, – he, 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 he read quotes from liberalism by Mises. Which all sounded – and he, he he distorted the quotes, by the way. Where Mises would say classical liberals believe this, he would say libertarians believe this. So Amash distorted what Mises said, and he said something like, oh, this guy said uh, libertarians oppose anarchism. But what Mises said was the classical liberal opposes left-wing socialist anarchism. Okay, so but so he made it sound like something. But his whole point was to try to troll the Mises caucus people – to imply that they're not in favor of a Big Ten approach, which is completely strong. That's a straw man. We are in favor of a Big Ten approach because, for example, most of us are anarchist uh, Rothbardians, but we don't say that the Libertarian Party has to include only only anarchists. Like, minarchists are still welcome. You're still libertarians. That's perfectly fine. But we do believe that the candidate for office should be at least a libertarian of some stripe. Joe, Joe Jorgensen was a libertarian. She might have been the best messenger, but she was a libertarian. And so our view is that we should have a libertarian, and we should not alienate radical, principled, anarchist libertarians. And the third one? Is that all three? The third one was one that I wrote, actually. I helped co-write, which was um, defining aggression and property rights, which was not actually in the platform. The platform had previously vaguely alluded towards uh, we oppose aggression, but it didn't say what it was. So uh, the, it was suggested that we put in there an explicit definition of aggression and then a property rights, in which I helped to draft, and that was approved at the very end of the, of the convention. And, and it said basically we libertarians oppose aggression, which is the unconsented to use of someone else's private property rights. But then to make that make sense, you have to say what private property rights are. Private property rights are the exclusive right to control of scarce resource defined in accordance with the following rules. One of them is self-ownership. You own your body. Okay, We, we, don't, we don't believe in slavery. And, the, and then for other things in the world that are unowned resources that are not parts of our bodies, the way we determine ownership is 
Lockean homesteading or original appropriation or first use, first person who uses it, or contract, like if you get it from someone who previously owned it. So that was in, that's in the platform now. And I, I personally, I mean, I'm proud of that because I helped to draft it, and I think that's a huge improvement because it helps to remove the ability for this microaggression crap and like, oh, you're hurting me with hate speech and cruel words and, and, and that kind of stuff. So it, it defines aggression in terms of property rights violation, and then it defines what the rules of property rights acquisition are, which was not in the platform before. And trumpet. Wow, we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to get you know, booted. The, um, I, I want to get your assessment of your optimism for this coming election cycle in 24, because I don't really use election cycles as a determining factor where the culture or America or the planet is going or economics or anything, but there are signposts. You know, they're kind of representations, people paying attention. What was the rhetoric? What parade did some politician want to jump in front of? So what's the parade that you think is being created that they're going to want to jump in front of? Well, there's all kinds of fake emergencies they're trying to gen up that they can use to seize power and to have an emergency, but... Um, you know, this could be a, a shit, sh- a clown show of an election, right? It could be Hillary versus Trump or Biden versus Trump. This could be the perfect storm for the libertarians to have an articulate candidate like Dave Smith. So I, I have a feeling like the libertarians are going to have more uh, serious attention given to them by you know adjacent you know, Fox News and places like that. So I think the libertarian message will get out there because people are going to be hungry because they're going to be sick of. Who's the candidate for the Democrats going to be? Biden, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, Hillary Clinton. Everyone hates all these people. I am flabbergasted. And Trump is becoming increasingly hated too. He's going to he's going to destroy (laughs) the 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 Republican Party. If it's Ron DeSantis versus some reasonable Democrat, maybe it'll be a moderate a normal moderate election. Personally, hopefully the Republican will win because I think they're generally better than Democrats. But nah, it's going to be Trump and Tulsi Gabbard. It could, uh, but it could be Trump and Tulsi Gabbard. But I don't think the Democrats want Tulsi because she's too anti-war. No, 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 no. I mean, her is uh, the VP. oh, as a, as a VP, it could, uh, it could be that would be ballsy of her. I know, I know, I know. I, know. I was like going, you know, I, I thought like, of that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's on Fox a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm optimistic because I think these trends are – I mean, in 20 years, we won't remember all this. Um, hopefully, Bitcoin will be the money of the future, and the government will be starved of its ability to fund foreign wars because it won't be able to deficit finance anymore. Well, that's why you know they were very supportive. Uh, we have close friends we work with, uh, Bitcoin, not bombs. I mean, it was that sentiment. It was a fun – started off as a fundraiser for antiwar.com. Because Bitcoin, how do you finance a war? Right. You know, and uh, so this concept is not new. I'm I'm really kind of focused now at this time of my life. I hit 60 and I'm going, you know, I my kids got it going on. My grandkids are OK. They're going to they're they're in prep. They're, they're prepared. I, I think they got the right mind. They got the resources. They're doing well. So I, my immediate responsibilities are taken care of, right. you know, but now it's for me and my wife, you know, what, how much do we want to get involved? How much do we want to, and my security is, first thing I did when we went on this trip is I bought crap loads of solar panels, got all my batteries, you know, 40 kilowatts of power and inverters and the copper wiring because I knew that was going to go. And uh, all this time I said, homie's going to have power. I'm in Arizona. 
damn it, you know, I'm, I'll be okay. So that was, um, uh, just made me feel better. Then we, our property, two acres that we had in North Phoenix was all about, um, you know, chickens and goats and turkeys and aquaponics. And I'm going, all right, so I'm going to be able to feed myself. You know, even rainwater in Arizona, you can, you know, do something with. So I'm going, okay, I'm, I'm feeling fairly secure. What I'm really concerned about is the people that didn't want my stuff. You know, I'm not even really worried about the government. They're, they're, you know, they're going to have their own other issues to worry about, you know, other than me. But um, they definitely don't want me exercising my freedom on my land. Right. And I'm just, you, you'll own nothing and be happy means uh, uh, they mean nothing. I mean, they're, yeah. so this philosophy is what we're up against. And it seems like they pulled the trigger and they're in a hurry. You know, they're rocking and rolling, man. We got to, we got to do it now or we're losing control. So I'm going, do you think um, there's, a, there's a desperation, there's, a, there's a, a, a time limit, there's a deadline or something that these guys are operating on, or they just felt that you know, they were ready and they were just going to take over? And is it a philosophy thing? Is it an external attack? Is it a rot from within? What do you think is going on? It's so hard to tell. I mean, I don't. We've never seen anything like this. I guess the closest analogy is the fall of the Roman Empire, but even that's so different than today's today's situation, right? Um, you know, the U.S. could last in its current form. It could limp along for another fifty years, or maybe it's going to collapse in in six months. It's hard to predict. Um, I, I don't know how to bet. I mean, the pro- the problem with being self sufficient and getting farms and all this. I mean, you know, if, if we if we reach Mad Max world, then you know, people the roving zombie hordes are going to take your tomatoes overnight and your chickens. You're going to wake up the next morning and have nothing left. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't see how you can protect yourself unless you have a compound. Um, and not everyone that's not scalable. Not everyone can do that because we can't move back to a hand to mouth existence society. Not yet. With technology, if we last another 30 years, maybe we can do that. Everyone's self-sufficient. Well, that was kind of our focus on pirateswithoutborders.com that we did. It was the de- promotion of the decentralization of everything. Right. And, uh, you know, we have communi- the categories with all the technology get separated. And it's um, uh, we have communication, energy, housing, uh, food and water, health care, transportation, education, automation. So in all of these categories, we are stories that we come across. We post on Freedom's Phoenix. We're going, all right. Well, this is decentralization down to the individual of energy. This is uh, yes. more decentralized yes. communication. We just did a show last night. You know, with uh, James Corbin and I do a show weekly. We have mm-hmm. you know a bunch of the decentralized guys for uh, uh, web hosting and services, yeah. and that it's not going to you know, deplatform me, demonetize. I don't care. We're over here. We got it going on. So these are things that we've been really focusing on for the last few years. And we've been, you know, have uh, various levels of success and it keeps getting better. So I'm, I'm really emphasizing they, they don't matter. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times that's one thing. People that live in the city, oh, well, there's got to be a city and there's got to be this and there's got to be that. And you see all these people leaving yeah. the worst states. Yeah. Hell, they're going to Mexico, yeah. you know. And they go, well, the numbers aren't. I'm going, yeah, but who? It's just like someone that's a business owner and restaurant owner in Arizona. Uh, 
the best people that want to work were coming up yeah. from Mexico. Yeah, like, these yeah, are my yeah, best yeah. employees. Yeah. So I'm going the people that are leaving Illinois and New York and New Jersey right. and Pennsylvania and Massachusetts and California, you know, who are these people? The the slackers looking to, you know, live down by the river in a van or something? Probably not. They were either they're well, more industrious they're looking for well, themselves I, by the way this ties in i mean i've been on your show before we talk about patents and intellectual property and one reason everyone thinks it's, it's a weird esoteric issue but i really do think that the future of humankind um we it depends upon the the increasing development of technology because this is the only way we're going to outrun the immense cost the compounded cost the government keeps imposing on on us every generation with taxes and regulations they're slowing down they're slowing down human development and the only way the <laughs> only reason we're richer right now than we were 50 it's years in spite ago of them. it's in spite of them it's because of technology because we found a way to wrangle more efficiency out of material resources because of improved technological uh, techniques and machines and recipes. So the government benefits by the fact that we keep innovating because it allows us to keep getting a little bit richer every generation. Like and they get a let, cut. let's say we're getting sixty percent richer, but the government takes fifty eight percent of that. So we get two percent of our own success. Yeah. And so the government <laughs> can't be blamed because we're getting better. But so I think the only salvation for mankind is the continual increase in innovation and technology. Which will eventually make us all self-sufficient. We'll have robots and things like that, and that will make the government fade, wither away in Marxist phrase. You would hope so, but I had this experience. When I first started uh, my businesses in uh, the mid-'80s, I started with a uh, – had a mobile auto detailing, a mobile laundry service, and we were busting butt, and I'm out in the field a lot and supervising and so on. And that was when I first got my first cell phone, you know. And with the cell phone – I was accessible. I could do business. I was way more productive, you know. And then I saw, where did all that increased productivity go? Right. You know, it, it went to the man. It went to bombs in, 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 uh, in, in Iraq or whatever. Well, they're going to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're going to be more, you know, now they're, they're in Spain, they tax the sun, you know. But, but, but here, my, my hope, my optimistic hope is that, so right now the government can use natural scarcity and problems as an excuse to stay around like they say you need us to stop crime and to build the roads and the government give you a shot but when you have your own mr fusion reactor in your garage Uh and you have your own energy Uh and you can grow your own food Uh and you have these robots that can do things for you and and you have a robot doctor that takes care of you i mean you know I'm, i'm talking down the road here but when when all the functions the government claims to provide you with are provided by yourself or your compound or your community or your resources or the free market the government's excuse to exist goes away so my hope is that the government the government atrophies into something like the monarchy has in england like the monarchy's still around but it's like it's like feckless and just uh, it's like a it's like a museum piece people like to look at it so i think we'll say oh isn't that cute there's the washington monument there's the lincoln memorial there's the congress and they get there and they they meet and they have their little sessions and meanwhile everyone doesn't care about them because they don't need them and and we don't need them for self-defense we don't need them for food we don't need them for for government schools or anything so what's the government do they're just there as a it's just like a, a a hallmark of the last age. Well, the promise was defense of individual rights. Doesn't do that. Time to alter abolish, right duty. And I'm going, you know, if they're going to, if they're not defending my rights and they're the ones that are abusing them, what the hell are they good for? Exactly. You know, why are exactly. they there? And, um, 
you know, for us, the decentralization mantra, you know, is, is really taking hold with me because I'm I can see that all the excuses they have for government was, you know, a need I can feel better. Yeah. You know, they're they're counter to anything that they they offer. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of unique in Arizona, but, you know, I'm not going to have a power problem. Right. You know, you get solar panels and some batteries and wire, and you're done. You know, and that was really, that's really valuable to me. You no, know? Well, you're not going to have a problem, but what if everyone else does? And so then you can't get Amazon deliveries for the things you buy. I mean, oh, you know, so I'm like sorry, it's, it's an interconnected economy. It's it's not just about you. I mean, unfortunately. Ah, uh, it's me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> you're too selfish. You're too I, Randian. You know, well, that's one thing um, that even my wife and I kind of argue this point is that I'm um, I'm selfish in that. I wish to be pursue my happiness and be happy. Yeah. It's just that intellectually, I understand that the best way to achieve that is my wife be happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that uh, the only way I can be free is advocate it for everybody. You know, and I try to inspire for them to think that way and benefit from it. So I'm I, I'm not too far off the page. Of, of being in a community with you're an ad to the community right but i i want to have the freedom to not be forced into a community or pay somebody else's stuff or right. whatever so what do you think we get into the 22 ele- see i can't use election results as a determining factor because i don't trust the system yeah that was my whole thing that's how i got into activism i i, I know it's fraudulent as hell so when they go, well, the such and such, but I go, yeah, you're just rambling. You think you know, but you don't. I know how it actually works. I mean, I've been in the you know lawsuits to the Ninth Circuit and oral argument and a dozen suits on election law. I get it. You know, discovery of this and that. I mean, I can go on and on about it. But, you know, I don't have faith in the incentive to have control over trillions of dollars. They wouldn't, you know, to get those trillions of dollars, they wouldn't do this or that or election fraud. That'd be wrong. I'm like, God, man, where you been? Yeah. You know? So I, what is the determining factor do you think that really drives uh, a society, a culture, a country that we can count on as being the driving force for what's coming? God, I think it's so hard to tell. I think partly because we assume that we're a modern species, but I think we're really not. I think we're just smart apes. We came out of the trees too soon. <laughs> we can get to the stars on a, on a spaceship, and we can bomb people with nuclear weapons, and we have television, but we're really still primitive and very tribal, very superstitious, very religious. So you're waiting for an enlightenment, a general th- enlightenment or something? And I do think that can come, but I think it's going to take time. We have to, we have to overcome all of our... All of our prejudices and our, our stupid tribalistic, uh, you know, mentalities, and that will come partly with the over uh, with the superabundant society, like with technology and and, and, and and free markets. When we have superabundance, not exactly superabundance, but like uh, post, Tesla robot, the, the, never post, the post-scarcity society. Um, then I do think that, and, and, and we finally got secular enough and cosmopolitan enough to overcome our religious bullshit and all this stuff um hopefully I mean, I, this must probably is hundreds or thousands of years away so we're going to go through some difficult times between now and then if, i don't see any reason to, to be confident that it's going to be a smooth line between there and here 
may, hopefully we won't have a nuclear setback or some kind of gray goo problem, right, where we kill ourselves with nanotechnology or bioweapons or, or an asteroid hits the Earth. Uh, if we can make it past those possible society-killing effects and that puts us back in the Stone Age, um, maybe, maybe in a thousand <coughs> years we'll, be, we'll have a more enlightened society. Years. But that's the problem. Libertarians mm. are impatient little fuckers, and they want they want results right now. You know, and well, I, I understand now. that, no, but no, no, you know, no, no. unless we can live until we can catch the tra- it was Ray Kurzweil on his longevity train. Unless we can catch that train, we're, we're not going to live to see it. So we have to live for our great 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 grandkids, and that takes you know high time a low time preference. I'm not. Um... I'm satisfied with you know leaving it better than I got it. Me I'm too. satisfied Me too. with raising. That's why children. I said incremental I'm, improvement earlier. I mean, yeah, if you yeah. make it, leave it better than you found it. That's a good thing. And then to determine what that means, you know, I you got to go by your values. Well, you know, that's one thing. When I first started doing radio, they they'd accuse you. You know, you're on you know major you know media market, and you get the calls, and they go, "What are you an anarchist?" And I'm like, "Compared to what? This? Yeah. I mean, this is my choice." None or this, I vote none. I mean, you know, how hard is that? You made that easy, you know. Yeah. yeah. And um, but uh, I, is there less fear? You think in the people of being without government, do they fear the government more than no government, or they go, oh, we gotta have something? I mean, I think that you know, it's sort of the public choice explanation of why special interests uh, tend to grow is because they can concentrate. Uh, their energy on getting a government program that benefits them, but the cost is dispersed among everyone. So, you know, Raytheon might get, you know, billions of dollars from having a defense contract, but the cost is 10 cents per person. So the average person doesn't have the incentive to fight it. You know, so this you, is the one thing I get from a lot of people. They're going, well, you, you got to ease them into it. You got to, you got to convince the norm. You got to convince the liberals. You got to, you know, you're not even, I'm going, yeah, I, I don't think they, they think that deep. I think they're just waiting to be told what so to do. I, I think that – so, and this, this is what I was about to say. So I think people, they're, they're waiting to be told to do because it's the most convenient way to live their lives because their main interest in life is to live a good life and to have security in their own domain. And they, they don't have time to get involved in politics and external things, so they, they go with the flow and they end up being flushed down the drain with it. You know, um, So I – I don't think – I mean, look, the Libertarian Party, for example – and the, sorry, the Libertarian Movement has been around, I'd say, since the 50s with Ayn Rand. I think the modern Libertarian Movement has been – is about 50, 60, 70 years old, and they've tried everything. We've tried everything. We've tried convincing people, handing out pamphlets at Thanksgiving, uh, you know, having radio shows, uh, political parties. Nothing works. And to me, that shows that you're, you're not going to achieve liberty. I'm not saying it's not worth doing these things. If it gives you gratification and if you make some improvement, that's fine. And sometimes you do on a local level. But I think that the general sweep of human history goes in sort of impersonal directions. It's like the capitalist free market is not directed by anyone. I think that liberty – look, for liberty to succeed, it's got to work on its own. It can't work because there's enough of us asshole nudges passing out pamphlets at things like this. Or Cause passing laws. Because we're 0.1% of the population. We're never going to persuade everyone. And if we do, by the time we do it, the new generation is alive. we got to start all over. So mm. it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a losing battle. You can never win liberty with messaging, I believe. 
because most people are not intellectuals, they're not interested in consistency, they're not OCD. So what do you think you're going to win it with? You win it by its having its natural logic of its own. And I think that the reason it hasn't won yet is because we haven't reached a critical mass of technology and prosperity and enlightenment because we're we're an infant we're still an infant species. I think we're still a primitive species. See, I'm not really um, concerned about somebody else wants to be commie socialist over whatever the hell. Be my guest as long as you're not making me and I don't have to pay for it. But they do. They all do. They all they all believe in democracy, so they all vote for their way and they they get together. Well, do they and... believe in self determination? Do they believe that I should be left alone to be free? No, because they haven't thought about it that deeply, and they never. So will. how do you they, get that? They you, never you, will. You, you beat well. So so they, look, you use a gun. The example, I mean, you know how. No, you, I think you, you have to wait for uh, you have to wait for teach, teaching examples. So for example. The Soviet Union, communism fell in 1990 or whenever it was, right? Uh, the USSR collapsed. We Austrians had been predicting this for 70 years or 50 years. So, okay, it was a great prediction. It took 50 years to happen. But anyway, we, we weren't surprised by it. Let's put it that way. Right. But the average person had never thought about central planning versus the free market, decentralized regulation, all this kind of stuff. But what does the average person know? They have a dim sense that central planning of an economy doesn't work because they know that the USSR fell. So that was a teaching moment. It taught the world that communism lost, free markets won. Okay, I know they're not perfect examples. But that's, that's what most people think. So the whole world gained a, an, a, a learning. Uh, it was a teaching uh, example. And so I think that over time, as people get richer and they can do more things on their own, they just don't need the government to defend them. They don't need the government for their roads. They don't need the government for health care or for food or for Social Security. Over time, people just realize, what the hell do we need the government for? They just realize it's not practical. They don't need to be reading Economics in One Lesson or Rothbard or Hoppe or Ayn Rand. They just learn it by practical experience. So – my point is liberty has to be practical to win. And I think it is practical because I think it makes sense. Yeah. But I don't think it can work yet in this infant stage of the human community because yeah, – As socialist, free money competition. We're still struggling mm-hmm. with the remnants of the past tribal wars, and we're still, we're still smart apes with nuclear weapons. So we're at a scary point in human development. No, that's my own unique view, by the way. I, I don't know if any libertarian well, you shares know, – I see a lot of commonality and influence, and I've interviewed uh, Michael Heiss, you know, over yeah. the years, and talked to him, and of course, Tom and Bob and everything, and Jeff Dyes and Ron Paul, and you know, so I, I'm familiar with you guys, but I'm, I'm wondering what you see, because if you're, the Mises Caucus of the Libertarian Party came in and took Correct. over. Five years. You know, it was, took, and they almost did it three years ago, but they failed. But they retrenched and they came. So five years is pretty impressive. Yeah, it was for them to, to well, take over the world, the, the the U.S. third biggest political party, which had been around for 70, 50, 50 years. Yeah, it's a pretty impressive. It is impressive that they got together to do it. It's not surprising to me because I know how easy it is to do. I mean, you know, somebody with. You know, they were up for sale for, you know, $100,000 and 10000 here and there, and you can get whatever, and the sponsor of the guy comes in by having the delegate. If you know how to do it, if you did it right. That's why my criticism of Bumper Hornberger, even though I uh, endorsed him and supported him, you know, he thought it was, a, it was a marketing thing. It was a branding thing. It was like, no, it was a work thing. It was, you know, state-by-state state delegate know-how-the-machine-works thing. You, you're not going to convince these guys. you got to go do it. 
So, and somehow Heiss, uh, Heiss, who is a young, he was a young guy at the time, and he was cr- green, and he figured this out. I, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, he, he had a good political in, uh, intuition to figure out how to do this. Yeah, it's it's delegates, delegates at the states, yeah. delegates go, delegates it was lots go, of shoe leather and lots of hard work and just methodically implementing a plan. It was, but the only reason they were able to do it was because there was a vacuum. People were hungry for something different. Right. People were sick of the Libertarian right. Party's right. uh, mealy mouth, light Republican bullshit. They were sick of it, especially with COVID. COVID accelerated, especially it's with like, Tech. I know Tech well. He's from Phoenix, and you were friendly, who? but. Right. Who who's Swatek? I mean, not Swatek. Sarwark. Sarwark. Nick Sarwark. Nick Sarwark. Um, yeah, Swatek's a, another friend. Sorry, sorry, Mike. Man, I didn't mean to disparage you. The um, um, uh, Sarwark was a perfect example, I thought, of what was wrong. He didn't see it. He didn't think it. They were, you know, catering to the left, trying to market. Yeah. You know, which. Which uh, endorsements we get? What kind of uh, subsidies can we have? Who's going to give us a yeah. billion dollars to get on the you know, stop, whatever? Stop using their language. Stop using their framing. Stop ass-kissing. Stop apologizing. Right. That's just, that's our new mentality, and I agree with that completely. Well, I liked uh, – what was the guy? We had laptop stickers. They're probably on – yeah, they're around here somewhere. You see them all. Like, yes, I'm that libertarian. You remember that presentation? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we did a bunch of bumper stickers of that. Yes, I'm that li- – oh, my – show i used to have it on my laptop there all the time you know i was like yes i'm that libertarian well that is kind of where i i think this is going and i'm glad it's getting tried yeah, and you think it's going to get a, a really good effort um, this time I, I i i'm curious to see what happens if it's a disaster or at least it was a good try you know um it's not going to be a disaster no matter I, what happens i think it's gonna, to i it. think it's going to be I, I i really think dave smith will be the candidate um and I think he's going to get tons of attention. From well, tell the people about Dave Smith. He's a Dave is a really articulate. He's a very intelligent guy. He's a comedian, a very successful guy. He's very smart, very bright, very personable, uh, young but you know mature. Uh, he's got lots of energy, um, and he has a really solid understanding of the principles. But he knows how to communicate them to the average person. So I think he'll be perfect on shows like Tucker Carlson and you know all those kinds of shows, which he'll be on when he's the the candidate so uh, he's a perfect emissary for our message i believe well he showed his you know chops many times and then he did the debate with nick sarwark and uh yeah. just slapped him around there so that was good to see but the um it's been a pleasure talking to you and i just and i knew you'd have kind of a measured observation of you know where we're at and where we're going and why and um i'm i heard a term i was interviewing somebody yeah, who was I can't remember and they said I'm going to I'm an apaca apaca pet um optimist apaca optimist or something like that. Ah, I haven't heard that you one. You know. And uh so I thought that yeah everything's going electric. I don't have to listen to that. Anyways, <laughs> true. Yeah, this would be better. But I'm I'm I I can see I am optimistic. I my wife and I, we were, that was the whole point of Freedom's Phoenix. From the ashes of Lady Liberty's torch, the rebirth of Freedom, Freedom's Phoenix. That's what the logo is about. But I knew we had to, we had to go to, um, we had to go through the ashes. We had to, we had to have this for that to happen. You know, we're, we're going into an understand the enlightenment or an understanding. But some people are not going to be enlightened. Now, they're not going to even be tolerant of enlightenment. It's okay. It's okay. As long as they're uh, an amusing minority and we amusing. live by pr- 
uh, we live by private property rules, and they they have to uh, they have to respect people's private property rights. I don't care if they gripe. So let's let's hope for a society in the future where they're just a minority who gripes a lot. There's always them. Yeah, they, they usually got a you yeah. know a, a, a stipend from Soros. Right now yeah. we're the we're the ones <laughs> griping. I want them to be the ones griping that we don't have a welfare state and they don't get you know to tell us what to do with our property. See, I'm just I'm more about the inspiration of living well. I mean, you know, people just doing it and, you know, over here. Well, and this this agorist impulse to me is kind of my personal view is like, listen, you have to recognize um, what's possible to achieve by political action in different ways. And you have to recognize what the purpose of your life is. It's to live a happy life. And so part of your life should be devoted towards, you know, saving up money, having a good career, Accumulating as much social and political and monetary power as you can so that they can't hurt you. So you can build your own little island in your own life. So protect yourself, protect your loved ones. You can live a good life, even though we're partly slaves. Okay, we're partly slaves. We're, you know, 30% enslaved. Whatever you want to say, 40% because of taxes. Okay, you still live a decent life in this world and hope for a better one and try to leave it better than we found it. I'm. If, if I could get toleration to be left alone and do what I want on my property with my stuff and you know and and they get my you know hell even if they get the taxes you know but I'm I think that that's a flaw in the system is the toleration of tyranny as a norm I agree you know and it's just and I was really hoping that the libertarian party and the libertarian candidates and the presidential candidate can if they articulate that you know, like taxation is theft. I mean, you know, something simple as that. If they can articulate that, explain it, and that's one thing we're helping them do a newspaper up here. They had a a bond, uh, uh, a couple of libertarians on the school board of three, and they cut the city, the uh, school budget in half. Well, the forces of the universe from everywhere of all points, whatever, came down on that. Well, they weren't able. They didn't explain themselves first there wasn't a, a common knowledge amongst the people so we're going to be doing and it's a community of 800 I mean, you know that kind of thing so we're going to experiment with some newspapers that we've had really good luck with and you know doing that kind of thing and so i'm going to yeah i'm going to leave one out for you if you want to. but the um what we're going to go ahead and do is i'd like to have this conversation again and you know, after the election. Sure. You know, I, I would like to see where we're at and see if I got my 10%. You know, if, let's if, do it. If inflation is more than 10% by next uh, uh, the consumer price index, you know, has gone up it. by next March or something, you know. But uh, because David Freeman was like, oh, no, that's not going to happen. I'm going, God, you just give me 10%. Well, how can I? Can they cash in in a week? I mean, you know, I mean, it's... Well, don't trust economists. They're smart guys. But uh, Bob Murphy is one of my good buddies. He messed up on the, his inflation predictions, too. So they don't they, they don't know how to predict it, and uh, no one does. Well, what was Bob saying? Oh, Bob Murphy predicted, hi, like, hyperinflation about eight years ago. And he had a bet with one of these mainstream guys, and he lost it. And he, had to, he had to eat crow. And he, he, he had excuses why he was wrong. I mean, his theory is still right. His Austrian theory, but you you can't predict the vagaries of how these things apply on a day to day basis. The future really is unpredictable, which is what these economists 
seem to recognize, but they can't help themselves from trying to predict it anyway. <laughs> like yeah. they say, I can't predict it, but here's my prediction. So well, I predict it's going to be a food thing. I predict that. I'm going, well, put your food money, thing. I think you're putting your money. You're putting your money where your mouth is. Which is all you can do when you make a real prediction is you put your money where your mouth is. And so if you're I'm betting, spending my money on yeah, exactly. buying so, food. Okay, so you <laughs> you actually have a real judgment and you're backing it with your own resources, and we'll see if you're right. If you're right, you'll make a profit. You know what I've been getting? Before we go, I'll tell you this. You know, I have a Telegram channel for Declare Your Independence and so on. And uh, uh, I started getting in just last few weeks. Wow, Ernie was right. Because I used to go, you know, one, get toilet paper, you know, get, you know, food, that kind of thing. All this stuff happens. But one thing, just for fun, I go, all menstruating women must come to me. I have all the tampons. I'm the tampon billionaire. So I would buy it, but because I had, you know, you know, daughters and daughters-in-laws and you know that kind of stuff. And I just, I knew that that was going to become a thing. Well, in the last couple of weeks, it's been a thing. Head Zero wow. Hedge comes out and wow. says, "Man, there's a shortage on tampons," and so I'm going, "Yeah, who's the man now?" You know, so they give wow. me props. The other thing was airships. Now I'm going, no, the airship because our pirates without borders stuff, and we have air, you know, the pirate ships and stuff. Um, there's an airline in Spain just ordered 10 of them. You know, that'll be delivered in 25. And I'm going, this is inevitable that this is coming because it's for a lot of reasons. And uh, so airships is going to be a big thing. So for me, it's I, I plan a flag in the future and I go, okay, what is this going to look like? And I know that what we're doing, because a lot of the technological guys that we know here, uh, the chicken raising and turkeys and aquaponics and the little bit of farming that we did and so on, the goats and so on. Actuators and freaking step motors and some Mardrinos is going to be doing a whole bunch of the work. I don't have to. I got a web camera and the, the water needs to be done and there's a sensor for the whatever. Hell yeah. I'm going to automate as much as possible for $14.13. So, you know, I this is these are things that I can see coming. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I think... A future of abundance, you know, like, what was it, Peter Diamandis, you know, the mm-hmm. abundance of mm-hmm. the You know, that was, I, I, of course, get the government the hell out of the way and we'll take care of business, you know, but they want their cut. There's a the gang they, they with a the flag. They always want their taste. You know, so I'm not sure if it's going to have to come down to physical force, a kinetic force, you know, a resistance. Do you think shots will be fired? Uh, probably one way or the other. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be galloping hordes or actual government agents? Is it going to be a, a press to see how much they can get away with? What do you think? Man, I don't know. This is where my, the limits of my prognostication end. I, 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 like I say, I mean, if if we have Mad Max world, then we're all screwed. And yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not one of these. Uh, one of the libertarians that they believe the worse is better. Like tear it all down and destruction is sort of they call it uh, and hopefully uh, the phoenix that rises from the ashes will be better I don't think it would be better I think it would be worse right now so yeah, I, I, no, don't, I, don't, I don't want a, 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 a apocalyptic cataclysm society where it collapses um, I hope it doesn't come to that well, if you got guys with guns taking over Washington monuments and marble, then you got new guys with guns in charge of monuments yeah. and marble. Yeah, you know, I don't yeah. give a crap. It's no worse, yeah. You know, but uh, I, and I'm not looking for a, you know, ashes created by the conflict. You know, it's just going to it's just going to degrade into, you know, people just choose liberty. I mean, you know, it'll, it, it, it's going to be a, 
like you say, an enlightenment, an understanding of it. Man, that did not work, whatever it was. Yeah. We're going to do something else. Well, to the something else. Stefan Kinsella, it was great spending Thanks, time Ernie. with you. I appreciate it. You know, it's always good to talk to you, man. You too. Peace.